0: Welcome to the Manic Metallic Podcast, where we respect fashion's past, analyze fashion's present, and get excited about fashion's future. I'm Liberty Gainey, founder and creative principal of fashion media company Manic Metallic. Several times per week, I'll bring you episodes about exciting things happening in fashion, discussion about current issues facing the industry, and the places and people that have made the fashion industry great. Be sure to subscribe to our newsletter and follow us on Instagram at Nomadic Metallic Podcast and at Manic Metallic, both linked in our show notes. Now, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to Nomadic Metallic Podcast. I'm Liberty, your host. Today we're doing a slightly different version of the podcast. I took a few days to view each look from every single New York Fashion Week show from the fall-winter 2022 season. Both runway and digital shows that I didn't attend personally, and it was a real haul. It took a long time, and we're gonna talk briefly, some were briefed on others, about some of those brands on today's show. But I believe that it is important for me to have my finger on the pulse of what's going on in the New York fashion scene. I've always been a strong proponent of the American fashion industry, and this season I felt an intense need to understand the lay of the land more intimately than in years past. How can I support American fashion both individually and as the founder and creative principal of Manic Metallic, without doing this, was my mindset. I came away feeling that the United States has a lot of talent on hand, and to those that would say that the New York fashion scene is dead, you must not be seeing what I'm seeing, because our industry in this country has a lot to be proud of, and a lot to wish to look forward. I also came away encouraged that many designers, but not all, seem to be cutting back on a number of looks that they're sending out in each collection. This pleases me to no end, because it is my take that if brands are creating more than 40 looks per collection, they're overproducing. And in order to meet sustainable agendas, we need to stop overproduction. It actually inspired me to come up with something that I call the more than 40 is too many threshold. If Manic Metallic reviews a show that shows more than 40 looks, we will identify that in the review. It should also bring more scrutiny to the brand, because if you have over 40 looks in a collection, Are they all quality pieces? Are they interesting? Are they necessary? If one can't answer yes to all three, then those pieces probably shouldn't have been included. With that in mind, I decided to comment on 25 specific shows and give you five additional brands that, despite me having no specific commentary on their work for this season, I believe have immense potential for the future. Let's dive in. Brand number one is Snowy Gal whose floral prints in multiple colors, while not groundbreaking, will be a nice spring touch for the fall season. Brand number two is Libertine. The looks in Libertine's collection were way too busy. The flowers, the patchwork, the plaid, the animal print. It was just too much. Brand number three, Bronx & Banco. There are lots of sheer fabric looks and cutouts here for Bronx & Banco. It's much better when Nancy DeJaca does it, however. To be honest, in this collection, it looks like cheap showmanship. Brand number four, Proenza Schooler. Here's a quote from one of Proenza's designers, Lazaro Hernandez, said backstage. I got this from WWD. Quote unquote, we want fashion. We're tired of streetwear. I must say that I live for the sentiment of that quote. Perlins and schooler's work was primarily made up of black and white looks along with brief showings of blue, red, yellow, and a host of neutrals. Peplum shapes and circular skirts, sequin turtlenecks, which were all well-done pieces, but the couple of animal print dresses with white stripes that they included in the show fell flat. Next designer is Christian Cowan. Christian Cowan showed at the One World Trade Observatory. Now, I was wondering, was he trying to outdo Laquan Smith's show at the Empire State Building last September? Just a thought. A tailored black blazer, lined in ostrich feathers, was a standout for Cowan. And there were palettes and sequins galore in his collection. The collection also mixed it up with mini dresses, floor length looks, and separates. It was fun, certainly. Collection number six is Jason Wu. Jason Wu's looks for Fall Winter 2022 could be described as down to earth, uptown glamour. It was pretty. That'd be an accurate word for it. Seven is Christian Siriano. Now, why did Christian Siriano send out 65 underwhelming looks? I don't know why, but I feel like this was mediocre work. It didn't seem like there was a point to what Siriano created. Show number eight, Brendan Maxwell. Brendan Maxwell's show was a tribute to his grandma, who was now suffering from Alzheimer's disease, unfortunately. She inspired in him a love for fashion. Now, as for the fashion in this show, I can't vouch for the white fabrics that look wrinkled or the fact that many of these women looked as if they're rushing off to somewhere and couldn't find anything better to put on. There were a few respectable looks in the collection, but overall, this was not a strong showing. Show number nine is Ekkao Slata. This was Ekkao Slata's 10-year business anniversary, so the brand showed lots of transparent fabrics, lots of deconstruction. Their work's unique, I'll say that. Show number 10 is Arian. This was bedazzled. Arya's embroidering talent is legendary in the industry at this point. The exaggerated hip looks at certain intervals were reminiscent of Ray Kawakubo's work at Comme des Garçons. Pants with feathers lining the hems were interesting as well. I can already hear street style stars running for them now. Brand number 11, Ulla Johnson. Ulla Johnson's collection had 49 looks, which is over my more than 40 is too many threshold. Now, a fall winter 2022 collection with actual fall tones unlike a lot of collections for this season. Who would have thought? Who would have thought a collection with fall tones? Ulla presented folksy prints and puffy sleeves, and every piece in this collection was wearable. One can easily see the brand becoming a staple of New York Fashion Week as the years go on, in the same way that Michael Kors and Parenza's school are now. Brand number 12 is Kate. Kate is always very sleek, very city. When you think of how a woman from New York dresses, this is the type of collection that you'd think about. At 48 looks, however, Kate so hit my more than 40 is too many threshold. I want to take a quick moment to tell you about Manic Metallic's recent product. Do you like fashion? Does it matter to you beyond just entertainment value? Well, Manic Metallic is a fashion media company that creates audio, written, and video content that supports our ethos that fashion is an art, discipline, and societal force for change. We recently published a fashion ebook titled, Alternative Fashion Capitals, a survey of 20 cities of emerging thought leadership. In it, we detail 20 cities beyond just New York, Milan, London, and Paris, that have thriving fashion scenes. And we dive deep into what they have to offer, including shopping districts, specific places to shop, brands, events, fashion organizations, fashion publications, and universities and colleges. These 20 cities have a lot to offer the world with regards to the fashion industry, and Manic Metallic is determined to share their stories. We'd love for you to consider purchasing this fashion ebook and for you to join our growing community via our website, social media, newsletter, and podcast. For more information on the ebook and where it can be purchased, please visit ManicMetallic.com forward slash products. We look forward to hearing from you. Now, back to the podcast. Brand number 13 is Frederick Anderson. Here's another, more than 40 is too many threshold crosser with 46 looks. With the clothing itself, however, it appears very much like a quality product. The green and blue tweed pieces are winners, as are the cozy knit separates, especially the ones in red and golden yellow. Brand 14, Sergio Hudson. Sergio Hudson sent out a few leopard print looks, of which I saw a lot while observing street style in New York last week. His bright dresses and suits were a showstopper and a knot to joy. The slip dresses towards the end had an easy glamour about them, which I really liked. Brand number 15 is Altazara. Joseph Altazara was feeling a sense of wonderlust, and this was demonstrated by his sea references and his use of Moby Dick as reference. The outerwear with the standing shearling line collars have no reason to not sell. They're attractive and are likely very warm, There were plenty of palettes towards the end of the show as well. And it's my view that this was one of New York Fashion Week's top collections. Brand number 16 is Carolina Herrera. Wes Gordon sent out 51 looks for Carolina Herrera, which is, you guessed it, a more than 40 is too many threshold crosser. Plenty of bows made their way to the collection of various forms. And the color palette, pinks, reds, purples, was one befitting of the show's Valentine's Day showing. The total numbers towards the end should please every uptown socialite customer that this brand has. Brand number 17, Akim Vaz, who went over the more than 40 is too many threshold as well, at 48 looks. Oversized knits for the brand are very well constructed in this show, and many of the garments carry bright colors. It was my take just looking at the show, it was so good. I think that they were one of the more underrated collections of the entirety of New York Fashion Week last week, and I actually believe that the brand would be a great fit for Copenhagen or Stockholm Fashion Week, but I hope that they stay here, because New York needs to keep as much talent as possible. On another note, I hadn't seen Sasha Pivovarova modeling in anything in a very long time. Overall I wanted every piece of this collection. Collection 18 is Bevza. Bevza's collection had clean lines, a neutral color palette, and materials that were recycled or organic. The textures and expensive fabrics make this a compelling collection. Brand number 19, Duncan. Michelle Duncan's got-girl-gone corporate look has grown up ever so slightly, but still had that element of subversion. Her red, white, black, and tartan aesthetic is still present, which was nice to see. Brand number 20, Laquan Smith. Having Julia Fox open a show seemed like a desperate move for publicity for Laquan Smith. And fellow members of the media calling this a revenge trust because she had broken up with Kanye West later that day were, for lack of a better term here, pretty lame. They dated for six weeks. How is that revenge? Come on. For the show, Smith played the song Material Girl by Saucy Santana spot-on music choice for a show with Julia Fox as the opener. Apparently, Julia Fox was an early supporter of his. Who knew? I appreciated Juan Smith's nod to Andre Lee Talley at the beginning of the show. I'd say that this was a much better showing than last season's by a mile, which last season's show didn't live up to the hype of its Empire State Building location. The clothes in this collection were sexy without being tasteless. The cutouts were daring and strategically placed, and the outerwear was desirable. Like, one Smith didn't even need the extra distractions that he invited. Brand 21 is Dion Lee. Now, Dion Lee was a more-than-40s-too-many-threshold-crosser 40 at 49 looks. Now, for the clothes. The integrated face mask on the models took what could have been a neat concept and made it terribly awkward. I can't think of anyone that would want to walk around with a piece of cloth shaped like undergarments as these were on their face puppets and cargo pants were big in the show, owing to a the utilitarian theme in the collection. The cuts were interesting, and showed skin without overdoing it. Dion Lee had a different and great take on chalky knits as well. And lastly, the outerwear here should be a successful sell. Brand 22 is a brand called Interior. New to Fashion Week, Interior's show gave moody vibes. I read their collection as having a feeling of if someone that hates getting dressed up was forced to do it, but actually ended up doing a great job at it, except for a slight bit of disorder. Interiors, outerwear, knit sweaters, and a couple of long fitted dresses were standouts here. Brand number 23 is Peter Doe. And while I have no specific comment on Peter Doe's show this season, I think that it's so wonderful that he's going for an aesthetic that it emphasizes great tailoring and simplicity while offering up both modern pieces and the ability to not constantly be chasing something new because what you already have with him is of such quality. You'll be happy with what you have in other words, which is a type of sustainable thinking that we need in fashion. Brand number 24 is Michael Kors, another more than 40 is too many threshold crosser with 63 looks. While there was nothing necessarily wrong with this Michael Kors collection. You know, many of the clothes were nice, and Michael Kors is a designer that knows his client base well. He clearly had nothing new to say, and 63 looks is a lot of looks to say nothing new at all. Our last brand, brand number 25, is Batshiva, who was also our last more than 40 is too many threshold crosser at 52 looks. But Shiva designs these feminine house dresses, which some could also work for a nice date night out. Think 2020's Victorian. She fills each of her creations with the hint of nostalgia, and this collection wasn't very different, save for a few new fabrics. That said, it was a solid collection. So that's it for my brief reviews and commentary on these 25 shows. Do you have anything that you'd like to add? Any designer that you'd like for me to provide a take on, get in touch in any of the ways of doing so in the show notes below. You know, IG, email, I'll accept any of them. I've got two final thoughts, though. Number one, can we get rid of the phrase, love letter to New York? I love the sentiment. We all need to show our love for New York and its contributions to fashion, but that phrase is becoming so overused, especially the last couple of years. And thought number two, keep an eye out on Saint Centra, Commission, Colon Locatio, Bak Mai, and Cho Chang. Those five designers, there's so much talent between the five, and I can't wait to see what they do next. So, that's it. Tune in for our next episode, which will be a Who Is series installment. Catch you next time. Thanks for listening. If you got value out of today's episode, it'd mean a lot to me if you rate, review, and subscribe to the Manic Metallic Podcast. Be sure to tell all of your fashion and client friends and co-workers about the podcast as well. This would really help us to spread our message about fashion being an art, discipline, and force for societal change. And don't forget to stay in touch with us by subscribing to the Manic Metallic Newsletter and following us on Instagram. Feel free to reach out to us through either of those means. I'd love to hear from you. I'll link these all in the show notes your best. See you next episode.